your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or Alf will not be seen tonight. After what we did a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Nathan Masri, I was trying to think of something that would that matched in the same kind of family as that for peanuts. I was like, is there something that feels like someone is taking advantage of Charles Schultz? And I thought this was going to be it. I thought this was some sort of ridiculous thing that some vanity project that some weirdo had talked Charles Schultz into bankrolling and including a Snoopy cameo in. Friends, the weirdo was Charles Schultz himself. <laughs> this is The Big Stuffed Dog, a movie starring Snoopy as an anonymous stuffed dog. <laughs> Yes. Um, so this was a made-for-TV uh, joint, wasn't it? I'm assuming yes. this did not go to theaters. It would be kind of. It would be pretty short for uh, theaters. Yeah, it's a fifty a fifty minute long movie from 1981. That uh, wow, it's it's very 1981. This feels like Welcome Back, Norman. Yeah, it's watching this film. I was struck by, well, you know, um, obviously. When, when you make a movie, you don't make it 100% accurate to life. You know, you, you fudge things a little bit. Um, so I don't expect that this was an accurate 100% depiction of life in 1981, but it had to be close enough that people wouldn't watch this and be like, what the fuck is going on here? And watching it is, it's it's weird how much life has changed in small yeah. ways. Um, I mean, not to say that I didn't say what the fuck is going on here, but... Yeah, but I mean that's the thing is like, I, if you you know if you make a movie in in 2023, you have to make it you have to fudge it a little bit so that the things happening on screen aren't necessarily it, it isn't a, exactly how things would happen in real life because if you did that any movie you make would involve the entire cast getting arrested in like the first five minutes you know, <laughs> um, but uh, this one was okay so. How, do we know anything about how what the genesis of this film like what was charles schultz thinking here it was he it seems like he was trying to get away from peanuts a little bit and stretch his legs um but maybe the uh studio was like no no we gotta be peanuts you gotta have snoopy he's like all right we'll put snoopy in it but we won't say he's snoopy I, I have no clue how this got started. All I know is that Charles Schultz wrote the screenplay <laughs> and apparently his his quote on it was that it was a pleasure to work with adults who could actually act. That is, I, I will say that is one thing that is 
better about this than a lot of the peanut specials is it does yeah. have legitimate actors in it. There's some there's some fairly big names. Uh, Abe Vigoda's in this. You, you, yeah, fish. And uh, a bunch of other people who I am blanking on right now. But you, when you see them, they're like, oh, I know that guy. They're they're working yeah. actors that you see in lots of stuff. Um, but the the basic idea is there's a kid. He has a big, big stuffed dog. I yeah, he has a six foot tall Snoopy doll. Yeah. The same ones that they were showing in the Toy Store segment of the uh, Snoopy musical on ice. Yeah. And I got to say one thing about this dog. This is his this is his beloved toy that he carries everywhere with him. And it is spotless. This is the cleanest, comfy object I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this, this toy, this dog, this big stuffed dog. Uh, so the boy, he's going on a trip and through a series of wacky coincidences, the, he, the, the, the big stuffed dog gets lost and various people encounter it and have adventures. And then in the end it's reunited with the kid. Um, this is a very, this is a standard plot that you've seen happen a lot. You know, this is, this is, it's basically, it's Pee Wee's big adventure, but with a Snoopy, you know? Yeah. What it made me think of was this is the kind of thing that they would make a seven minute film out of and show it on like pinwheel or Eureka's castle. Yes, yes, that's that's exactly it. Um, now, at at fifty minutes, the, it runs a little long. I, you know, um, I've got. I've said in the past, but some I I kind of bull hot and cold on Charles Schultz. You yeah. Know, sometimes I think like, oh God, what a hack, and sometimes I think, no, there there's something there. He really taps into something universal and true about the human condition and i think watching the big blue dog sorry the big stuffed dog (laughs) it really made me realize oh it's not that i blow hot and cold on charles schultz is that charles schultz his output is so all over the place because sometimes he's on his game and sometimes he's not um you know like I i understand and i feel like you see elements of both of those in this one yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to be very charitable to this one because it's a yeah I understand but you know this is one this is an example of how the def, the default uh, the default emotion that comes with anything by Charles Schultz is melancholy yes. and when he tries to do something that's genuinely happy and joyful it comes across as fake. It comes across as him being like, this is how real people feel, right? Not not messed up people like me. But when it's time to do something about messed up, lonely, hurt people, then he's on his game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's his thing. He's just, he's, he's God's lonely man, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, this, yeah, this, like you said, this would have been better as a short because that when, when it gets melancholy it's i won't say that it's like that i you know i won't say that it's that it's something i enjoyed but yeah it's like you can tell that's where that's but where you felt something yeah like that's yeah. those are the moments when schultz is like he he 
he's on his game. Like he knows how mm-hmm. to do sad stuff or I don't know, not, not just, he, he's, he understands Veltschmerz in a way that I think yes. very few people who have his reach do because generally it's just funny. Cause it's like, you know, most people who get rich and famous and on creative stuff generally are like, Hey, here's some happy stuff to make you feel good. Cause people like to feel good. You know, that's generally, so you know, you don't watch Mickey Mouse to be sad. You don't watch Bugs Bunny to be sad. <laughs> you know, most things, most people who do well, like, that's why it's so funny right now when everyone's saying, like, oh, there's such a backlash against happy endings. What are you talking about? Everything, everyone loves happy endings. That's the thing. Um, so I mean, Char- there's a reason there's no such thing as stand-up tragedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Charles Schultz really, my mother-in-law is so fat. She'll never pay piano again. Oh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> maybe that's, that's not so bad. I laughed, <laughs> but, uh, this, this particular Snoopy thing. Yeah. It's, it's 50 minutes. Yeah, it's it's 50 minutes and it's really hilarious that this is a movie all about a giant more bigger than life sized Snoopy doll and not once does anyone say look it's Snoopy. Yeah, it's this it's this alternate reality where there's no peanuts. It feels like Ch- Charles Schultz trying to make his own it's a wonderful life. Yeah, well, that's why I thought maybe he was trying to get away from Peanuts. Maybe he thought like, you know, I've been doing Peanuts for like 50 years. I I can I'll show him that I can do something else. I'll show him that I've got range. And um, he did not have range. He did not have range. I'm sorry. But like this is really it. it, um, It's very similar, I guess, to the um, the girl in the red, red truck, Charlie Brown. In, yeah, in the I sense, think it's better than the girl in the red truck, but it know, is slightly that, better. I um, mean, yeah, it's better to watch, but it is not going to stick with you in the uh, way that uh, the girl in the red truck does. No, I, I think the issue is this is just like it's a series of extremely low stakes, thi- uh, low stakes events with characters who don't have real problems. So. It's the same thing, because in The Girl in the Red Truck, it was like, okay, what's the plot of this? Oh, well, uh, the girl in the red truck wants to, like, roller skate in her hometown, but her boyfriend thinks she should go to the big city. And in the end, they agree that she should stay in the hometown. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'm glad they resolved it's that. A, it's a bad plot, but it's a plot. Yeah. Whereas this one, this one comes across as more like a bunch of miniature, not very good Twilight Zone episodes sort of stitched together by this dog. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's it's like watch it. It made me think of what is it the movie with the parrot that encounters a bunch of people and helps them um, with their problems. With uh Dunstan checks in? Oh, maybe that sounds right. It's pro- something like <laughs> no, that. Um, no, that has a chimp. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it was probably the same oh, idea. Oh, is it Polly? That's is it. Is that it? That's Of course, I should have known it was Polly. It's a parrot. Mm-hmm. P-A-U-L-I-E. Um, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's why I forgot. Um, okay, well, let's 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 go through this film because um, from the start, well, first of all, it's it's uh, our our main kid. Does the kid have a name? I don't remember if the kid has a name. I do not remember if the kid has a name. He is this you know 
you know, freckle-faced, mop-haired kid that, you know, should be in a cereal commercial. And, uh, but he's wearing, he's wearing a grandpa sweater through the whole movie. And yeah. And yeah. And then we have his mom and dad who, and mom is just, you know, she has embraced the idea of being a TV mom in the, in the ruffled apron and everything. And dad is like kind of John Ritter-ish. Yes. Yes. And, um, the issue here is the kid is going to go on a plane to visit his grandfather. And um, I guess he doesn't want to be away from his Snoopy doll. Uh, so the mom is like, oh, it's OK. I, I, I bought a second ticket for Snoopy. So this giant Snoopy can sit next to you on the plane, yes. which immediately tells you like how much the world has changed. Because in 2023, that's like, yeah, I, I dropped an extra $3,000 so that you could fly <laughs> with your, your giant Snoopy doll. It's like, no, you wouldn't do that nowadays. But I guess in the world no. 1981, air, air flight was still fairly cheap. Um, but... And, and you know, I mean, you would immediately get you would immediately get bumped if that happened. The second that somebody saw that the 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 seat had been bought for a dog, they'd be like, "Okay, you're off." Yeah, yeah, which is kind of almost what happens. Um, not, but but uh, before we get there, like the dad doesn't like this. The dad is like, "We should put our feet down and not let him." do this and the mom is like oh but he really likes the dawn and, and quite frankly i'm kind of on the dad's side with this because it's like come yes. on you're gonna buy it it's, extra- it's a six foot doll and he hasn't even named it he doesn't yeah. even call it snoopy he just says my dog how yeah. how attached can he be to it yeah for real i i, I did think the the bit with about charlie mccarthy was kind of funny uh, it is it is kind of funny because yeah, Dad. There was this whole story about how Mom was like, "Oh yeah, what about that Charlie McCarthy doll you took with me you to camp, and everyone made fun of you, and you had to stay home, come home a week early." It's like, you know a lot about this, Mom. Were you there? <laughs> she was one of the kids <laughs> making fun of him. That's how they met. Yeah, she threw a yeah, she threw a rock at him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but the thing is, okay, this is 1981. They have a kid who's what six, eight. Oh, I'm like, not sure how old he's supposed to be. Yeah, I I assume. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to judge the parents uh, the parents' ages and like, what, is this guy old enough to have known about Charlie McCarthy if he has a six year old in 1981? It's hard to judge people's ages in the 80s because uh, people they all aged, dress like your grandparents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they all dress like your grandparents and they lived in a in a haze of leaded gasoline and cigarette smoke. So everybody looks ancient, even like the, the, like a grandpa in the eighties will come out and he looks like he's a hundred. It turns out he's 50, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the thing. These, these parents are probably younger than us, but they just look like old people, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like how it's like the parents on Marvin where you're like, Oh yeah, they're just, they're like, what are they? A hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are parents who are dressed up for their job as parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, I think that's a, that's part of this, part of the issue with this film, is you really do feel like people appear on screen, and the moment that they're off screen, they just cease to exist. They don't have mm-hmm. lives. You know, Charles Schultz has not written this so that I feel like any of these characters have lives beyond what we're seeing on screen. Um but uh, they they go to the airport with the kid, and 
again, showing how different the world is. There's a dude at the airport who's like, I need a yeah. ticket on this plane that's leaving. I need the ticket. It's like, okay, you could do that back then? Because yeah. nowadays it's like, yeah. You, you, you buy They'd be ticket. like, you know, get, you know, spread eagle on the ground. Let us, <laughs> let us see what's in your pockets. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm sorry, you didn't buy your ticket three months in advance. Well, you know, but yeah, there, this guy is just like, I, I need to get on the plane. And when they find out that, that they're bought a ticket for the dog, he kind of, he kind of badgers him into letting, it's kind of weird because yeah, it, it, I'm it, on his side here, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little confused because I thought the guy should just be like, look, lady, I'll pay you for the dog's ticket. But it doesn't seem that that actually happens. I'm not really. It sounds like uh, they talk about how they're going to refund the the woman and and the guy's going to buy the ticket. Oh, OK. All right. Seems like it would be easy just to let him buy the ticket from the woman. But OK. Um, mm. Actually, I guess in those days, it's not like people had Venmo. So there was unless he had cash on him, there's no way that he yeah. could have, like paid the woman directly because it's not like you yeah. can accept credit card payments from random people in 1981. All right. Fine. It is a different world. Yeah. <laughs> so, OK. So I, re- I withdraw that complaint. <laughs> but uh what happens but then? the problem is yeah the kid just is like okay well if the dog's going in baggage then i'll just shove him through the baggage claim yeah and it was like why would you do that oh because that way they they don't put the little tag on him so that's why the dog the dog ends up getting misrouted or actually i don't think yeah. the dog goes anywhere I no, think... the dog does not leave the airport. The uh, the baggage claim guy picks him up and puts him on the outgoing stuff. And so that is where we get our ridiculous Beagle Boys-esque villains. Yeah, this gang of suspiciously middle-aged bikers. <laughs> uh, they're... they're taking part in some kind of smuggling here and they're get they've pulled off a crime or something and they're they've been told that they're going to be getting their money stuffed into a stuffed animal and the big dog comes down the uh comes down the the carousel first and they grab it and not and they miss that a a doll that looks like rocket raccoon comes down right behind it so yeah as it <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, what a what an astounding coincidence that like there just happens to be this uh, this kind of drug mule type exchange happening in the airport with inside yeah. a um, a large stuffed animal. But uh, so yeah, the the bikers with four four very large, very noisy men who push and shove literally anyone in their path or out of it to. To get where they're going, you know, constantly, you know, doing the whole uh, spread out your mugs kind of thing. And yeah. It's like, and nobody noticed this. Now, it's also funny. We were because... all just more rude back then, I guess. <laughs> the um, now they told they were told by their connection. We never find out exactly what this money is for. It just seems yeah. very much like a drug exchange to me. Um, they but... whacked Jim Davis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, make it look like an accident. <laughs> um, but uh, they they are told that there's going to be $5,000 in 1981 money inside a large stuffed animal. And $5,000 in 1981 money, that's got that's uh, about 
I think that's like thirty grand now. Shit. I mean, you could you could buy like the whole plane for for that amount. <laughs> you could um, buy the monocle off Rockefeller's eyeball. <laughs> now, my thing though is, yeah, like like they grab the they see the big stuffed dog, and they make mm-hmm. the obvious conclusion that that's the stuffed animal they're supposed to get get right because it's huge. It's a giant. Right. But then after they leave, that um, rocket raccoon. Uh, stuffed animal comes through, which is about the size of, you know, an average teddy bear that a six-year-old girl would have, you know, it's right. You know, it's, it's pretty small. And I was thinking like, (laughs) come on, if you're going to like put $5,000 in a stuffed animal, yeah, put it in a giant one. Cause a little one like that is going to get lost somewhere in transit. It's tiny, you know, or just put it in a fucking suitcase at that point. It's less conspicuous. Um, but Uh, I was off. You know, oh, 15 grand. Still pretty good. Uh, that's still pretty good. Um, yeah, shit. I mean, you can see why these bikers... I'd whack Jim Davis for that. <laughs> for $15,000? <000? laughs> well, okay, no, not Jim Davis. Okay, well, no. I'm just I'm just, I'm just, just curious. I'm just asking. Just asking. <laughs> Run, writing down for future reference, you know, if I need, if I need to get Jim Davis whacked, how much it's going to cost yeah. me. Uh, yeah, if you want me to whack the uh, Marvin guy, free. Okay, <laughs> how much for? Uh, okay, how much for? Let's 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 uh, work this out a little bit. How much for um, Bill Watterson? Bill Watterson. Oh, you can't afford. If you got to ask, you can't afford it. Okay. Well, how about Mel Lazarus? Mel Lazarus. Oh, uh, five hundred dollars. Uh, f- straight up. Okay. All right. I can pay first. All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the bikers get the big stuffed dog, and they they bike away, but it immediately falls off the back of their bike and just onto you know, his, and yeah. cartoonishly bounces off the back of their bike like like it literally jumped. Yes, and, but. You know, this, it's another thing, this doll is literally big enough to wear as a costume, but no one ever does. And and it never does any kind of walking around or anything. It's just, it's just a plush. Yeah, they never... It seems like, I I thought there was going to be a sort of Mac and me thing where the dog waves goodbye or something. Nothing. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, they really missed an opportunity there. Um, Well, this, this sets up our first... Uh, meeting and this is this is where Charles Schultz is like I'm gonna get real melancholy like oh, real boy. melancholy you, you feel yeah you're ready, you're ready to be depressed well oh this got really yes this gets really depressing in a hurry as a dried up old lady finds the dog and carries him home puts sets him in the chair where her late husband used to always sit and starts talking about how how it's nice to have somebody to talk to because you know even when someone does come over it always feels like they're just fulfilling an obligation <laughs> and yeah, starts starts talking about her uh, the marbles she won as a as a kid and how they're and how each marble in her collection means something to her like like Uncle Scrooge knowing the date on every dime yeah and yeah. Oh, and here's another big thing for, I don't know about boomers, maybe it's a silent thing, but Big Little Books? Do you know about these? I've never heard of these, <laughs> but um, explain. There's definitely, they've definitely been mentioned in Peanuts before. Wait, are they Big Little Books or Fat Little Books? Big Little Books, yeah, because the, uh, there's a, 
there are these there are these books with like you know one page of text, one illustration, one page of text, one full page illustration. So they were real popular. They were kind of almost an alternative to comics uh, in, oh, for some um, kids. I actually I do know what those are. I I have seen those in thrift shops, and yes. it's very often they were a big be- deal. Yeah, like it'll be. Um, they're usually like, oh, uh, like uh, Sylvester and Tweet- Tweety go to El Dorado or something yeah. like that. They're they're always some wacky thing like that. Um, and uh, I I didn't know that's what they're called, but now that you mention it, it's like I have seen those before. Um, they mentioned in this, and I just assumed it was another weird thing that Schultz was obsessed with, like Zambonis. Yeah, it's a it it is kind of. There's definitely a strip where. Where I almost called him peanuts. Charlie Brown goes to uh, Lucy's uh, Lucy's psychiatric uh, stand and is like, "Well, it's not about me. It's about my dad. He just seems to be in such a funk, and I don't know what to do about it. You know, all he does is you know lie on the couch and read his old Big Little books." And Lucy's like, "How old is your dad? Uh, he just turned forty. Why? Oh, right on schedule. Five cents, please." <laughs> well, I guess that's what you do when you're 40 and, and you're a silent generation person. You just yeah. I God. mean, I mean, uh, we're that just shows how far ahead of schedule we are. Because I mean, I started doing that when I was 20. So <laughs> shit. Read, sitting around reading your big little books. Yeah, my. Uh, I mean, where do? You, how do you think I became the hungry reader? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, luckily, I wasn't bitten by a radioactive book. <laughs> Luckily, this woman dies, so... <laughs> Luckily, <don't>... yeah! <laughs> so we don't need to, like, deal with this depressing, uh, thing, this this depressing lady very long, but, um... I, then I her... Mean... Her, okay. her schmuck grandson comes to visit her the next day and finds that they've already carted her body away. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, um, I, I kind of feel for the schmuck grandson, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not like he, you know, it's not like he has nothing to do but uh, visit his grandmother. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure he's he's kind he's I'm sure he's busy, you know, being an adult. It's like maybe maybe Schultz, maybe you should blame society if uh, mm-hmm. people don't have enough time to visit their elders. But what annoys me about this is we meet the landlord. Okay, this old lady's landlord. Um, mm-hmm. I I uh, I forget who plays the landlord. Um, I feel like he's a he's a known actor though. Um, oh, is it? Let me see. Let me look. The big stuffed dog. Oh, is it Mel Stewart? Uh, let's see. Is it is it Mel Stewart? Um, uh, yeah, best known for playing Henry Jefferson on All in the Family. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. Um, so this is the thing though. He. So the grandson shows up and he's like, oh, I'm here to visit my grandmother. Oh, it's been, I've been really busy. I haven't like been able to come for two weeks. And Mel Stewart is all like six weeks. And he's all like, <laughs> oh, oh, OK. And then Mel Stewart's like, yeah, your grandmother's dead. We carted her body away. And it's like, wait a minute. So you knew this guy shows up. You know, you're about to like drop this bombshell that his grandmother died. But first you take the time to fucking guilt trip him. About not visiting enough? I mean, come on, man. That is that is some real bullshit. It's just he died of a broken heart. Yeah, it's like I'm. So, it's like, uh, and the thing is, the the way this landlord is written, I feel like we're supposed to kind of like him as a 
as kind of a straight shooter type character, but he's just kind of an asshole, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe this grandson is, you know, not the best, you know, obviously not the the best guy, but, like, come on. His grandmother just died. He just found out. And you're going to... And the same thing yeah. when, like, he's all like, well, I guess you can, you know, I guess you can sell her stuff here. And I don't know, maybe some of these he's books. Like, he's already doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess maybe some of these books, you think you can get some money for them. And the landlord's like, they're, they're called big little books. It's like, yeah. who gives a shit, man? Oh, well, gonna- I, li- I, I like what he said there. You know, he says that because the guys, he says it so contemptuously. Are these worth anything? These fat little books. <laughs> I just think like, it's make something of yourself, books. Look at that gut. <laughs> I feel like the the landlord is just like kind of a Schultz surrogate here. Like Schultz is like yeah. stupid kids nowadays don't even know what big little books are, you know. <laughs> but it's like, well, why would he know? I'm sorry, he's not like he's he's a uh, he's not Silent Generation. He's not a hundred years old. Yeah, he doesn't know what these stupid books are called. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, but then it is it is funny when they're like, when they're they're selling the stuff and the landlord's like, we sold everything except these books and this dog, and everyone's like, they're doing the estate sale and everyone's looking at this dog like it's a sacred totem or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're really like everyone is just like fascinated by this dog and it's like it's just literally a big stuffed dog. Yeah, uh, and you and it's it's wild that. <laughs> Again, it's such a strange look into an alternate universe where Snoopy is unknown. It's just a random design for a stuffed dog. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I was sure that there were actually Peanuts Big Little books, but I looked it up and I couldn't find one. Oh, um, actually, I'd be surprised if there weren't. But, um, you know, it is funny looking at the cast for this film. I feel that... um, uh, there's a misattribution because I think the woman, the old lady is credited as Petey's grandmother. Petey's grandmother, Mildred Dunnock. Yeah. Mm. Because Petey is the main like redheaded kid. He has a grandfather. Right. We never see him with a grandmother. So, and there is no one else credited as old lady. So I, I think there, that's a, a goof up on uh, mm. in the credits there. Uh, they were like, yeah, old people, same difference. Grandma, one grandma is the same as another. But uh, does, it, does it give her, her actual? Oh no! Oh, li- oh, Lily is the little girl, right? Uh, okay. Because Noah Beery, I feel like I've seen him before somewhere. Uh, yeah, uh, he looks like Noah Beery, who plays the grandfather. Uh, he is. Uh, let's see. Uh, does he wait one second? He looks like someone who plays grandfathers a lot. Yes, you know. Uh, so Noah Beery Jr., he is also, let's take a look, uh, at his, his, he was on the Rockford Files, Walking Tall, Red River, uh, Trapper John, M.D., Murder, She Wrote, The Love Boat, The Quest, Waltz Against Texas, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, uh, oh. Magical World of Disney, The Capture of Grizzly Adams, and Magnum P.I. So he is a working actor. He's been in a lot yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah, everyone here has been in a bunch of things. So. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I guess they, they're, they're trying to sell, you know, um, they're trying to sell the ladies, uh, possessions at a estate sale on the sidewalk. And that is when, uh, 
Abe Vigoda pulls up in his tiny Volvo and is like, how much for the dog? I'll be $10 for the dog. Here, here's $10. Thanks. And, of course, the guy was about to ask for about twice that. But he's just... But this guy just manhandles him into giving him the dog for $10 and drives away. And then we see what he does with for a living, which is that he runs a carnival booth and has to have some big, impressive thing to pull people in with. Yeah. Um, I thought, again, this was another thing where we're supposed to like feel like, you know, that the landlord is like, oh, he's just an honest straight shooter. And he was like, got, got kind of swindled. But it's like, dude, uh, you... Uh, whatever it was a free dog you didn't <laughs> you're just selling it only a dead lady stuff be happy yeah. for what you got um but yeah so ava goda runs a carnival booth and uh but there's this girl who really wants to i guess she wants to win she wants to something? win something. The bi- the actual big stuffed dog is not available just yet. Yeah. So she hasn't seen it. So, she just... but she has been practicing in this aban like an abandoned house with a little boy who was blowing up balloons for her, and she was practicing throwing darts at them. Yeah. So... Uh, she just she just has a vendetta against this carny and wants to like really rub his nose in it when she uh, pops all the balloons and wins the big prize. So yeah. um, this next sequence is basically she goes to the goes to the carnival and she's like, I'm going to win the prize. Give me all the darts. And she starts popping balloons and she pops all the balloons. And um, uh, Ava Goda is like, I ain't giving you the dog. And which is funny because it's like like a large crowd has gathered, you know, <laughs> Yeah, a crowd who is like, yeah, she's earned it. She's and he's, and I guess that gives her uh, bargaining power because she's able to set some of the terms of the bargain, which is to, you know, if she hits one last balloon, then he'll give her the dog, and she manages to talk him into uh, giving her a roll of tickets for rides. I feel and like, like he shouldn't have that. I don't. Yeah, oh, I don't this know is why Paramount's Great America. This whole thing with the is kind of just. I don't know. It's a little goofy because I was like, Ava, go to like, you've already, she, she, she just spent 25 bucks. You've already made twice back what you spent on the dumb dog. And there's this huge, very belligerent crowd gathering. Just give her the dog, you know? Um, but I guess he, he does one. He's like, no, no, one last balloon that you have to hit. It's like, you, you think she's not going to hit that? She's hit every balloon so far. And of course she hits. Well, he made. Yeah, he made back half of what he spent on the dog because she had $5 worth of quarters and uh, he spent oh. 10 on the dog. So. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Well, no wonder he was so reluctant to let it go. I thought yeah. she spent 20 bucks in uh, in quarters. My, my bad. Yeah, she had 20 quarters total. Oh, well, 20 quarters is like $20 in like 1981 money. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but they, um, she gets the dog. They ride on a bunch of rides with the dog. And, and the and the dog gets injured. Yeah, the dog gets injured because his nose starts coming off. And so... I, so uh, she drags the dog on a red wagon to a children's hospital. And this is just, you know, not, not even maudlin. This is just like children taking advantage of adults by putting on their, you know, best little boy in the whole wide world face. Yeah, I mean, how old is this girl supposed to be? About ten, I'm thinking. I think so. Yeah, she looks like she looks like she's a 
about to hit puberty, but not quite. Right. And that's my thing is, like, look, when I was 10, if I had a toy that was broken, I know the difference between a tailor and a doctor. So I'm not going to go to the fucking hospital with it. But um, she brings to the Once hospital. Once again, a tremendous coincidence works in this dog's favor. Yes. <laughs> so she takes it to the hospital because she needs a surgeon to reattach the nose. And, you know, it's like, oh, I get it. It's very twee. It's it's very cute. OK, whatever. But here's the thing is like, meanwhile, in the children's ward, right? They're all the all the sick. All the kids are there. They're in, in the ward. And it's like. And there's this a was kid. the state of medicine in 1981. Huh? Yeah. Because there's one kid and he's like, he's has surgery the next day and he's scared, right? He's so scared about his surgery. What's a surgery? He's getting his tonsils out. Um, yeah. Now, I was under the, the most impression, routine thing ever. Yeah, I was under the impression that's a pretty standard outpatient thing. So you don't need to be in the hospital overnight the night before a tonsillectomy. So what the hell's going on here? Um, oh, they they always do that in uh, movies and TV. They're always like, "Oh, you have to stay overnight at the hospital when you get your tonsils out." I I saw you know not just this. It was it was a thing in the Family Circus when Jeffy had his tonsils out. It was a thing on it was a thing in Garfield when John had his tonsils out. Was the state of medicine just like positively medieval in 1981? <laughs> like they just. You know, I mean, I don't think we even remove tonsils anymore. I think we just treat it with uh, antibiotics. Oh, really? Man, what a what a world. Um, but apparently, you know, in 1981, this kid is in is in the hospital for this experimental tonsillectomy procedure. <laughs> and um, and if this goes right. This kid will have tonsils the size of grapefruit. <laughs> this kid's pretty worried. But again, this is the thing about this movie. It's low stakes for people with no problems because yes. I mean, I'm sorry. Like I, Oh, he's scared that he's going to, he's, he's having routine surgery, whatever. It's not even a real, th I, I thought these were a bunch of cancer kids or something, but no, it's just Hansel yeah. kids. It's like, whatever. Um, but the nurse is all like, well, um, sorry, sorry, kid. We'll put your, we'll add a patch for you on the world tonsils quilt. <laughs> Now this nurse, she's she's a smart one because she figures out that like, well, this kid's scared, so we gotta set him at ease, I guess, because otherwise, otherwise he might be too scared, and uh, uh, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what it matters. You're gonna knock him out when you do this this thing anyway, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> I don't. I mm -hmm. mean, it's not it's not local anesthetic when you do a tonsillectomy, is it? I hope yeah, not. I only ever got knocked out for my wisdom teeth, personally. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I, I, I guess I don't know how they do a tonsillectomy, but they want this kid <laughs> to not be scared. So the 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 nurse brings the giant Snoopy doll to the doctor. I guess the surgeon who's going to be doing the tonsil the tonsils, and um, she's all like, "Okay, uh, demonstrate to the kids how you you sew a nose back on this dog, so they'll feel like they're in good hands." Yeah, that'll that'll uh, definitely uh, show you how a tonsillectomy works. Yeah, and it's like, well, I mean, I, I guess it works because these kids are not scared anymore yeah. after they watch this. But it's just like, I don't know. I was oh. just... Wouldn't it be great if after the end credits, we were like, wake up, wake up. Your tonsillectomy went fine, though there was one complication. And the kid wakes up and he has a huge black plush nose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
go. You know, that that would actually make this whole thing worth it. <laughs> well, the uh, they take the kid. They the kid sees the dog get fixed and not the way you're thinking no no well the thing is like this whole thing i'm just rolling my eyes the whole time because it's like charles schultz uh, you know there's no there's no stakes here it's like it's a lot of who cares like yeah at least the part with the old lady it's like look there's some actual pathos in that scene you know yes like like i that meant something this just felt like you know killing time yeah seriously i feel like charles schultz was like when they were like, okay, you can't make the whole thing depressing. And he's like, well, what else, what other emotions are there? I just don't know. <laughs> um, is cute an emotion? It's like, apparently so. Um, he's just, so they do the, they do the thing, right? They, they, then the yeah. girl is going home with the big, the big stuffed dog in her wagon. Mm-hmm. And, in is this this movie? I think does it take place in San Francisco? Because I feel like some of the shots looked like San Francisco, the hill, the the really slopy hill streets of San Francisco. But that would make sense because they went to Great America, and that's in like Santa Clara, right? Oh, okay. Santa- so I'm going to assume then because because it looked like San Francisco that this is supposed to be San Francisco. Um, so this little girl is wandering the streets of San Francisco in the middle of the night with their giant dog in a wagon. And these two cops pull up and they're like, uh, we can give you a ride if you want to abandon your wagon. And she's like, no. And they're like, she's like, a cab motherfuckers. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, bye. <laughs> just like, yeah, sure. Have fun wandering the streets. <laughs> now she said that she couldn't leave the wagon behind because it would, didn't belong to her. So I'm sorry. You can't get the wagon in the back of a cruiser. You know, you can, it's not even a big yeah. wagon. Um, but then, unfortunately, she, those bikers—they see her, right? Yeah. So uh, I got a ch- so she gets chased by the Beagle Boys, and she goes into she goes through a wire fence into what I thought was a uh, like a ponding basin, but it seems to be something different. Maybe it's a park. Yeah, it's some sort of. I, I guess it's some sort of park, and then there's a giant wicker basket that she puts the dog in. Oh yes, yes. Now we're going to we're going to burn you for spring. Yeah, I mean, immediately when you see that, you're like, oh, okay, another. Well, here another, we go. Here's some more wacky coincidences, and sure you know, enough, it would have been less of a would have been less of a uh, giveaway if you hadn't had a hot air balloon be the first thing you see over the credits. Yeah. Well. uh... It turns out the next day when uh, it's bright and sunny, there's this couple who is getting married in a hot air balloon. Because why not? Yes. Um, this this just... They're getting out in a hot air balloon and the guys and someone says, well, he thought it was his only way to making sure that they were all alone after the wedding. They're going to fuck in a hot air balloon, I guess. Um, I, I, I wonder what that's like. Well, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess it could be romantic, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I don't think I'd really be into it personally, because <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I'm not good with heights, you know? Oh, well, you're not? Well, not really. Well, I, I'm, no. I'm okay with heights, but I don't have a height philia, so that would... Yeah. Know, so I wonder if this has come up before, and he's always like... Uh, you know, when they have sex, he's like, talk to me like we're in an airplane that's going down. Yeah, they're joining the Mile High Club here. Um, yeah. I mean, cause, 
is like, I would, I mean, God, I guess I wouldn't do it on an airplane because where would you do it on an airplane? There's, you have to do it yeah. in the, the bathroom, and those things are just no. There's no space. How are you gonna? There's how are you no gonna space. do space? Yeah, yeah. It's, I it's, had to, you know, I had to hold my breath to fit in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Like last time I was on an airplane, it's like, look, I can, li- I can barely fit in a bathroom myself on these airplanes now. I'm not gonna be fit. Half my size. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Then, then you get another person in there. Like, how are you gonna even? I don't even know how you would arrange so they would work. Now, in a basket for a hot air balloon, you have slightly more space. But I don't know. I I just I feel like you're so exposed. I I would be worried about just falling out. You know. You know, unless you're doing it, you know, doggy style over the over the rim. You know, if if the bride almost falling out, then you. You know, it would just be like having sex in a basket. You wouldn't know that you were in the sky. I mean, apart I, from, you know, yeah. the intense heat of the uh, of the heating element above you. I mean, I would not. That's the thing is I would not want to. If I were in a hot air balloon, any situation where I can see how high I am, I would immediately lose all desire to like fuck and, and just just, you know. I, I would just be like stuck to the ceiling like a cartoon cat. Um, <laughs> so, so this wouldn't work for me. But apparently, this guy—he, this is his lifelong dream—to just go up, up and away in his overblown balloon and uh, with his new bride. They like all the people in the wedding are just like commenting on it. So that because yeah, because you know, a normal thing you do when you get married—you go on a balloon ride. All right, sure, why not? I mean. Well, not, they were they were all admi- all talking about how weird it was, but I mean, I guess this is the thing. It's like it's not that getting married and going up in a balloon is so odd. Like if it happened in real life, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, you know, it's a thing some people might do, right? Um, yeah, but it's just such a again, okay, another astounding coincidence for this goddamn stuffed dog to experience. Um, but, you know, I feel like this, the, the dog doesn't really, I think the main thing I don't about, think the dog appreciates it. The dog does not appreciate what we go through for it. No. That's the thing is, like, I feel like in general, the dog is just a thing that that is, is a device for linking these random events together. But it's not like the dog is, you know, somehow... Um, yeah, it's not like the dog is like coming into people's hearts, you know. Do you remember a show in the nineties called Gun? Uh, no. What was it about? It worked pretty much exactly like this. It was an anthology show, and what linked all of the uh, different things that happened every week was a gun that kept getting passed from hand to hand. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, the big stuffed gun. The big stuffed gun. Well, uh, so this this. This dog, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, this is the thing. It is just an object that's passed around. I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's anything special about the dog. Maybe. Yeah, it didn't need to be Snoopy. No, like, th- th- maybe that, the one with the old lady, like, okay, I kind of see, like, oh, you know, it's like, she's, yeah. she's reconnecting with her lost youth by s- seeing this dog and having someone to talk to. But other than that, it's just, it's just an object that gets passed around. It isn't like this is a special. There isn't anything special about the dog that you know people learn a lesson by interacting with him or something. You know. 
You know, we really learned a lot from that big stuffed dog. Wow. Yeah. Really makes you think. Makes you think about society. Um, yeah. You know, having a big stuffed dog can teach you something about fishing, as it turns out. It does, actually. That is true, because we forgot that the there is a parallel plot. Um, our kid, Petey, the, the kid, his name is Petey, apparently. Um, yes. He arrives at his grandfather. After the dog from The Little Rascals. Oh. Do you think that's on purpose? Probably not. Oh. But well, then actually, again, I mean, Charles Schultz, you know, this is a big kind of uh, nostalgia trip for Schultz. So it might be. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, big Little Books, Little Rascals, Charlie McCarthy, you know. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, he arrives at his grandfather's and immediately starts throwing a huge fit that his dog isn't there. But the weirdest thing about that is he never says it's a stuffed dog. So he just keeps saying, my dog is missing. My dog is missing. And everyone just acts like it's a real dog. It's like at some point you might want to tell your grandfather it's a stuffed dog because I think he thinks yeah. your actual pet dog has gotten lost on a plane. Um, but, you know, it would have been funnier if you were like, you know, to, you know, to make up for it, we're going to go to the pet store and I get you a dog just as good as the last one. Actually, that would and... be really funny. That. Yeah, he's like, so what was your dog like? He's about six feet tall, uh, had a big smile on his face, <laughs> never said a word, <laughs> had big eyebrows. Well, I like when the kid Looked just wakes... like a character from the comics. <laughs> when the kid wakes up in the middle of the night, like he's all like, is my dog? Has anyone found my dog? Did you call my mom? Has she found my dog? And the grandfather's like, I called. She didn't answer because this is the day for cell phones. So, yes. you know, you just. Uh, and they're, he's like, they're probably out at a show. And the kid is like, how can they be at a show when my dog is missing? And it's like, kid, deal with it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I I, mean, look, I know what it was like when you're a kid and you lose your favorite stuffed animal, but mm -hmm. I don't care. Get get yes. over it, kid. Like that. <laughs> look, I'm sorry. It happened. I remember that happened when I was a kid and you just have to get over it. You just have to deal with it. You know, but like this, this little kid is such a little shit. He's like, my dog, my dog shot up you get to go fishing you... with your grandfather be happy yeah yeah you know and now he's gonna catch a fish and he's gonna be like my fish are you taking care of my fish is my fish happy you know uh, this kid is all like oh you know it's like kid you get to go fishing with your grandfather that old lady would have killed for this opportunity but no yeah she would have hooded off of your grandfather. You could have had a new grandmother. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was originally. Maybe that was her grandmother. <laughs> maybe that's why he, she is listed as Petey's grandmother in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, it turns out that by a, an astonishing coincidence, that hot air balloon just happens to be flying over the lake where Petey and his grandfather are fishing. And now, where did Petey fly to? That is a very good question. <laughs> he flew to where, where, where did he fly to that a hot air balloon would also reach in the space of about a day? Yeah, I, PD, wow, wow. Back in the old days, I guess uh, when air flight was cheaper, you could just, uh, you know, you could just take these puddle jumpers around instead of driving. <laughs> Yeah, now departing San Francisco for Salinas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is funny when the balloon shows up and the grandfather's like, that's the prettiest thing I've ever seen. And meanwhile, in the balloon, the bride is like, 
there's a there's a guy and a kid in a boat down there. Like like it's the most exciting thing that she's ever seen in her life. But I guess I, I guess you know she's tired of spending time alone with her new groom because this guy I, yeah. uh, he's probably probably he's just no he's just been. He spent the whole time being like, I want to be alone. And all this dog is looking at us. You know, what are we supposed to do? It's our honeymoon. We got to take care of this dog. Oh, that's right. Because he did want to throw the dog over. But, like, she wouldn't let him. Yeah. And until. And he's, so he's just kind of, you know, marching around like. <laughs> you know, ruining his whole, his whole own, uh, ruining his own honeymoon like he was Stuart Little. And just. Uh, but and then I love the part where Grandpa says that's the most beautiful hot air balloon I've ever seen. And then we cut to the hot air balloon. And it's like olive green. How beautiful! <laughs> I mean, it's a hot air balloon. Like a, like a hot air balloon. It's like an olive with a multicolored pimento. How majestic! I mean, oh, say can you see? <laughs> it's a fairly drab hot air balloon by the standards of hot really air is. balloons. But you know. It could be because we're watching this in potato VCR quality, but no, I think it's still green no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like, it's got like a little bit of a, a rainbow uh, ring on it, but it is pretty like un, uninspiring as compared to a lot of other hot air balloons. But anyway, the bride then decides to drop the big stuffed dog and it falls. Actually, she says, he jumped! Wow. Wow. So makes, wow. maybe the dog did do something. I don't know. Okay. So the dog jumps. The dog jumps and it falls in the lake. And then Petey starts losing his mind because it's his dog. And his grandfather has to, like, catch it with a with a fishing line, with a fishing pole. Yeah. And then they struggle to haul this sodden lake water filled stuffed dog up. And, you know, it's ruined now, but... You know, at least they acknowledge that, uh, you know, that the dog can get dirty at all after all these adventures. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charles, I feel like this was like when they, they filmed The Magnificent Seven, you know, and they went down to Mexico and uh, the Mexican government was like, "You, I want, these Mexican peasants have to be spotless. I do. We do not want a single smudge on their pristine white outfits to look bad to the American <laughs> audience. So when you watch that film, like all the, the main cast looks like beat to shit, but all the Mexican peasants are in freshly laundered like uh, um, uh, silks throughout the whole film. So just Charles Schultz was like, I don't want the big stuffed dog white. He should be pristine the whole movie. I don't want anything. Snoopy does not get dirty. But anyway. it's sort of It's sort of like how all of the... All of the car manufacturers in whose whose cars are licensed to be in the Transformers movies demand that I yeah I know Bumblebee turns into a into a uh, into a Chevy and uh, then gets uh, or he turns into a Corvette and then he gets a fusion cannon blast. I don't I don't care. I don't want the I don't want the uh, Corvette looking damaged. You know, ma make up something like they have you know holographic damage control or something. Oh, do they? Is that just, what they do now? Yeah, they do that. It's really irritating, honestly. Wow. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. No wonder no one likes those movies. And yet they keep uh, making them. Yeah. Well, that last one was pretty good, but yeah. How, was it as good as uh, the uh, the one where Orson Welles is in it? Um, 
Maybe. Maybe. Oh. I mean, I'd have to watch. I'd have to watch it again because I've only seen it the one time, and I've seen the Orson Welles one multiple times. But uh, you know, that last one was really good because they got rid of all the white people. Oh well, okay. That that's uh, <laughs> that's a horse of a different color. So yeah, um, yeah. All and all all POC cast, including the director. So it was a different look at Transformers that wasn't nearly as military oriented. So that helped a lot. Interesting. All right. Well, maybe, uh, maybe that's what it'll take to get me to watch Transformers movies. So yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, the big stuff dog has been returned to his rightful owner and all is yes. well with the world. That's the story of the big stuff dog. Uh, and we fade out over Lily, the little girl, uh, meeting up with the Beagle Boys who ask her how she got that big stuffed dog. Uh, also, they're reading the paper and finding that some kid took home the raccoon and uh, got the $5,000. And and the leader of the Beagle Boys is like, how do you get so good at throwing darts? Could you show me? And everyone leaves in disgust. The end. Yeah, it's these... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a kid's movie. It's for kids. I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a kids like it's a fam it's a family special for kids that ran as part of a something called like Peacock Parade or something. Mm, or mm. I mean, uh, I guess that's a thing. NBC. If you're going to put something on TV in 1981, it you know, when there's only four channels, you really did have to make it as as uh as, as, as complete pap. Because you gotta, yeah. you gotta appeal to the widest possible audience. You can't put anything controversial or offensive in there, and you, you know, it's it's for old people and also for children. So you mm -hmm. get something like this where you just watch it and you're like, well, I guess that was for someone. It's for everyone and yet for <laughs> no one, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, no wonder PBS was such a big deal at the time. It's really just I don't know. I watch this and I'm just like, I don't know. I, you know, Charles Schultz, sometimes, sometimes he, he does tap into something and you feel like he really understands just like the pain of the world and can communicate it in a way that just, it hits. And this one, I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, come on, come on. Just shut the fuck up, Charles. Come on. Yeah. It's like, I, I guess, I don't know. Like the jokes are... The jokes know. aren't funny. the The sad parts are sad, but the jokes aren't funny. So, I don't know. It feel in some ways, it feels like this is an Andy Kaufman bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, well, when you think about it, it, wasn't Charles Schultz's whole career now the Andy Kaufman bit? Yeah, yeah, it kind of was. Well, Except that you know he he lived he went on for. You know, he lived to be like 80. Well, you know, Andy Kaufman left us too soon, but yeah. Yeah. Well, this film, I I watched it, and um, I will say this is probably on uh, one of Schultz's lesser efforts. Um, yeah. I just I just found it very tedious. I I did not did not enjoy it. Um, it's I guess slightly I I don't know. It's not as good as the uh, girl in the red truck. I think now. I really think yeah. the, the girl in the red truck has a slight edge, if only because of the insane acting of Charles Schultz's yes. daughter. 
<laughs> where she's like, yeah, yeah, Spike, yeah, 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 little popcorn, yeah, 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 I like the roller skate, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, oh yeah she she's a delight she really is honest i mean you it, you love her uh, you love her ironically and then you love her unironically like like torgo you know yeah she's yeah. the torgo of that movie this one it's interesting because we do have like for example we said we have real actors i think this is probably the only schultz bit that has real actors um mm -hmm. i can't think of uh, unless the new Peanuts movies that are coming out now, they probably have. I don't know if they're still doing the yeah. children thing or they got. No, they ha have children, but the children can actually act now. Oh, okay. I was gonna say they're not doing the celebrity voice thing right now. They're actually still doing kids. Interesting. Okay. That would um, be that would be pretty funny to have celebrities voicing the kids, the Peanuts kids, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this one, like we said, we got like uh, you know Noah Berry Jr. We got Mel Stewart. We got Abe Vigoda. Um, the, the the head biker is played by um, I forget his name but you know him from Gordon w Jump what yeah. a name <laughs> W that's it WRK from Cincinnati you know oh okay um, I think he was Herb in that one mm. um, so these are all people that you knew from other shows probably on NBC at the time yes um, so uh, maybe that was the point of this maybe we were supposed to watch this and it's like NBC's cavalcade of stars. They're all coming out to meet the big stuffed dog. All your favorite NBC stars in one place. There's no... Boy, imagine if this had been such a hit that instead of the Peacock Network, they started calling themselves the big stuffed dog. The big stuffed dog. Everyone... It's all this year. It's all this fall on the big stuffed dog. NBC. Aroo! Must see TV with the big stuffed dog. Everyone's... <laughs> uh well this was this was a film that appeared on was. television yep yep well now well i've learned my lesson from now on when i want a big stuffed dog i'm just gonna look through your ocs yeah <laughs> 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 <laughs>